morning everybody. Welcome to our, our morning service of praise and worship uh, to our Father. And thank you for coming. It's lovely to meet with, with all of you this morning. Let's, let's bow our heads and start with a prayer. God, you are mighty and incredible. And we dedicate this time solely to you. And Lord, I pray this morning we will be encouraged and inspired in a way that means we dedicate our whole lives, every moment, every second of every day, to you. That all the things that we do will be acts of worship, will be expressions of praise to you. Because of our great love for you. Because of what you've done for us. Lord, bless us with open hearts and open minds this morning. I pray that what we do, what we say, what we sing, what we think, will make you happy, that it will make you smile. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take the first three songs all together this morning. And I've chosen them because, basically because I really like them. And um, I think they're really, really good words um, in these songs. So starting with, uh, Infinite God, to thee our voice we raise. And with our voice, our heart, in song of praise. So by lifting our hearts and our voices together in praise and worship to God. And after that we'll kind of go fairly straight into uh, the next two This morning, I'm uh, drawing heavily from this passage in Galatians, and uh, you will need to keep a finger uh, in there. But I want to start by taking a step backwards uh, into the Old Testament with a passage in Jeremiah, because I think for for the benefit of today, that's where it all starts. And I do like to hear the lost on the pages. So if you have a blue Bible from the back, the page number's up on the board. Um, and let's face it, if um, you need to check me out because I might be making it up. But um, this is what it says uh, in Jeremiah chapter 32. And this is, this is God speaking. God says, They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. God is good to us. God's promise of his goodness to us extends from the beginning of time through the history of the people of Israel and on to the end of eternity. Which is a paradox, obviously, because there's no end to eternity. 
And if you just turn back a couple of pages to Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We're going to celebrate God's goodness and generosity to us this morning in our service, but specifically now, as we take the collections, and while the collections go around, um, Steve, if that's all right, uh, is going to come and do the announcements for us. The second collection this morning, Juan, is is for you, Church. Well, it's good to see you all here. It's really also nice to see Dave and Anna and Ben as well here this morning. It's good to see you back from London for the time being. Father, we do pray that you bless all our plans. Everything we do, we want to give you glory. Lord Jesus, be by our side at all times and help us be aware of that. The care news which Vicky has provided. Pauline has not had a great week. She really appreciates contact from her family at the Bethel, especially at weekends, so please do remember her. Gladys continues to struggle at home but appreciates any support that we can give her. We have many members who battle constantly with health problems, so please remember Marion, Hannah, Mary and also Pete Griffiths who is still waiting for his test results to come back. We also remember those who we rarely see for various reasons and urge that we continue to make contact with Bill Berry, with Norman and Margaret, Ben and Debbie, Alan McGore, Hayley, Louise, Devon and Christine and Grace. We also rejoice with Adam Miles who found out this week he's got the A-level grades that he needs to come to Manchester University to do maths and so we look forward to welcoming him as a student and I also understand that Ben Standeven got two distinctions in his course and so can also come to Manchester Met. Well done Ben. Got some very good news, very exciting news to say that Sam Parker has asked to be baptised and God willing the baptism will take place on Saturday September the 19th really exciting news and Sam we look forward to welcoming you into the family. Alex has asked me if I'll do the pastoral prayer so if there are any further things that you'd like us to pray about now's the time. Father I thank you that we know something about compassion that because of you and because of your son Jesus and what you've done for us We've learned and we know how to care and love and look after people to share in their sufferings and sorrow. Father, I'm sure that anything that we might share and understand is only a small bit of what you realise is going on. But the fact that you do know, Lord, should give us some comfort. And Lord, I thank you that you've put us all in a position where we can care for friends, for family, for our brothers and sisters, for the people that we know that are suffer or in trouble or hurting. And so Lord, I pray again that in this coming week you motivate us to take any opportunity that we have to show your love to our brothers and sisters, to be that helping hand, to get in touch with them, to keep them company to do whatever we can. Lord, when we know that there are people who can't come 
to church, who don't feel able to come to church, to meet with us, to share fellowship, to come into your presence with their brothers and sisters. That makes us sad. And again, Lord, help us find ways to bring those people back to church, to do what we can to encourage them, to help heal wounds that may still be hurting. Father, I pray for Pete and Christine at the moment. Pete's still waiting for the results to find out what's going on with his lungs, to find out if the cancer has spread, if it is indeed cancer. Lord, I pray that the results come back to show that things are going to be okay for Pete. I pray that you relieve the tension, the anxiety that Pete and Christine and the family will be feeling at the moment. Lord, we pray for Helen at this time, so close to giving birth to a new baby. The whole waiting, yeah, we know that such a good thing is going to happen so soon. Lord, we pray that it happens quickly for Helen and for the family. And Lord, it also reminds us that we're waiting for the exciting return of Jesus. And also we pray that that happens quickly too. Father, we pray for Hannah who has had a hard week, a tough week. She thought she was going to give birth even though it's six weeks early. Lord, I pray that you help Hannah to get through this time that you help her family, support her and care for her and that all will go well with the birth of their new baby. And Lord, we think about people at the opposite end of the spectrum, about Andy's grandparents who are tired and old, struggling to look after each other. Again, be with them and all those looking after them at this time, Father. Give them all the strength that they need to support each other. We give you praise for the, the child, the little girl who had a heart defect, that things probably weren't looking so good, but yet she's been released from hospital. Father, thank you for working in the life of that little girl. The Lord, we pray for Pete, for Pete and Liz, Pete's ongoing struggle to find a job so that he can support his family. It's been a long time, Father, and we the church just pray that you will provide something for Pete, that you will give him a clear direction of what he's supposed to be doing, that you will provide for him and for Liz, and they will learn more of you throughout this whole process. Father, these are just some of our brothers and sisters and family that we care for and we love. We know there are more. Give us the strength that we need to look after them, Father. In the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Vicky's going to come and read to us from that passage in Galatians. So Galatians, starting in uh, chapter 5, verse 16, and going through to chapter 6, verse 10. Paul's letter to the Galatians. 
starting at chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For what the sinful nature desires is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his, with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Thanks, Vicky. In reading and rereading those verses at the end recently, and they've been speaking deeply to my heart. And I've looked at them in various different versions and one of them I came across was this version of it in the, the contemporary English version which they are all much of a nutsness but I think this one is, is a very nice way of saying it. It says, do not get tired of helping others. You will be rewarded when the time is right if you don't give up. We should help people whenever we can especially if they are followers of the Lord. And I just want to unpack these verses a little bit because I think to look at what's underneath is, is going to show us really what it means. So what does it mean, do good? Let us not become weary in doing good. Well this is the Greek word, agathos. 
And, and this is all that it means. It means something that is of God cons- a good constitution or nature. Something that is useful or salutary. Something good, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished, upright, not honourable. So, I'm going to start with one of three stories. And the first story is, is our story over the last few months. And basically I want to say thank you because we as a family have experienced your agathos. Thank you to all you people who have been so kind to us. I don't think we would have coached without you. You know who you are. And if you're there, sitting there wondering what I'm talking about, maybe you're not actually one of those people, but I can guarantee that you will, at some stage, have been agathos to us, or indeed us to you. And if not, there's still time. But thank you, deeply, for your agathos, your doing good to us. So what does it actually look like? What does this doing good thing, it's alright having a load of abstract words and concepts up there, but what does it actually look like? This is what I've observed in life, in this church. Agathos. It looks like the man who sees someone struggling with their shopping and stops to help them out. It looks like the woman who picks up the neighbour's children from school when the neighbour's ill. It looks like the friend who spots the sorrow in someone's eyes and provides the shoulder on which to weep. It looks like the family that offers refuge for insane friends bent on destroying their own homes. It looks like the wife that notices the husband's drinking has become a habit and finds a way to help. Agathos looks like the colleague who refuses to steal time or resources from their employer despite office culture. It looks like the teacher that works all week and still gives up their Sunday afternoon to educate children about God. It looks like the teenager that chooses to say no to the pressure of a peer group that encourages sex outside of marriage. Agathos looks like the hand that serves others and feeds the hungry. The legs that visit the sick and the imprisoned. The eyes that turn to Jesus and away from idol worship or pornography. Agathos looks like the person whose heart is consumed with Christ and flows out to others. Looks like the mouth that prays for the people around it. Looks like the life that cares for the environment and the people. It looks like the camp leader that listens 
is genuinely interested and shows that he really, really cares for the children and ends up with his own Appreciation Society group on Facebook. It looks like the sister that cleans and cares for her fellow believer without any kind of reward. It looks like the daughter that travels miles and miles every week to visit her ageing father, receiving no thanks from him or her siblings. Agathos looks like the heart that Jesus would be proud of. It looks like the people that bring redemption, restoration, healing and peace. And I promise you this morning, there will be something that you do that is agathos. Something in your life will be agathos. Something in your life will be doing good. So, over the next few moments, just take the time to acknowledge that thing. And don't tire of it. Agathos is summed up completely in the work of Christ. That work that we gather this morning to remember. We come together collected to remember Christ's agathos, his goodness, his doing good to us. And the reminder that we take in the bread and the wine. Mike is going to come and give thanks to God for this bread that we're going to share. Father God in heaven, we come this morning to remember to remember your goodness to us. Father, there are so many, so many good things that you have done and are continuing to do for us. And the fact we are here at all to the every aspect of life that we enjoy. Walking alongside uh, a river or enjoying a piece of chocolate, or just countless, countless things. Lord, we pray that a bit of that rubs off on us, that we have a bit of your goodness in us. And Father, in this bread, you showed us how how far you are prepared to go. You showed us your goodness in the most unambiguous way you could. Father, you gave us something that made it clear that it hurt you. So Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, which is overwhelming and which changes us. And as we take this bread into us, I pray, Lord, that we'll take a bit of your goodness too. And we ask it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. So let's, let's share in, in the goodness 
of Christ remembered in this bread. Ewald's going to come and give thanks for the wine. Dear Heavenly Father, you always in our hearts and on our minds because of your greatness and your wonderful goodness. You have a wonderful, perfect Son who said, God sent the Son to the world not to condemn it. And he also said, if you drink from the waters I bring, you will never thirst. The Lord Jesus, today, on the first day of the week, we celebrate your victory again. We rejoice with the whole believing world in your resurrection, in your everlasting presence. Thank you, dear Lord God, and thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for loving us so much. We thank you for this wine. We see in it your blood. Help us, each one of us, please, to partake of it in a worthy manner. Amen. So let's share the new wine of Christ's goodness that pours out of him and into us so that it can become an everlasting spring within us, welling up and pouring out to others. My second Agathos story. Thank you. It's such a small word. We've just had a meal of thanks together. But how irritating is it when thank you isn't actually forthcoming? Especially when you've really put yourself out for someone. A very beloved friend and brother of mine has written a short piece entitled Thank You. If you know your geography at all, you may be able to work out who it is, but I'm not crediting because they've asked not to be credited. Thank you. I seem to be spending my days reminding my eldest child to say thank you in the hope that one day he'll get it. Sometimes he volunteers it without prompting and it gives a warm feeling. However, the other day I was cycling home from work. It's a long slog, 12 miles, mostly uphill. I can do it pretty quick these days. In fact, I pride myself in being as quick or quicker than any other cyclist I see and usually manage to get home in about 40 minutes without breaking the law. But pride is a dangerous thing. About halfway home, I caught up with a guy who was riding at a fair pace. I hesitated and contemplated how good it would be to slipstream him for a while and catch my breath. But I so hate wheel suckers that I decided to pass him, knowing that I'd maybe end up giving him a toe instead. As I, per- as I passed and chirped an evening, he grimaced and then, sure enough, did his best to latch on. Rudely, I didn't ease up and I dropped him after a few minutes. The lights were against me though in Finchley, so as I waited and had a drink, he caught up, breathing heavily. 
On green, we pedalled away again, and again I dropped him, this time on the descent. Towards the bottom, I eased off. After all, I still had a few miles to ride. He caught me again and sat on my back wheel. And there he stayed. For the next few miles, not a word, no offer of doing a turn on the grinding headwind as we pedalled toward Whetstone and beyond. I carried on, cursing him in my head and wondering whether he'd jump me and race off. Some recognition of my work would be courteous, I thought, uh, even an offer of a turn would be a nice gesture. I was getting angrier and angrier and began pushing those pedals harder and then I heard a gasp. Thank you, mate. I looked round, somewhat surprised. You're welcome, mate. I smiled. Hypocrite, I thought. I'd never have made it home without that toe. Really appreciate it. He gasped again. Embarrassed, I smiled again. But less awkwardly this time. Cheers, ride safe, I called. And he sat up to free wheel down the A1000 while I put my head down and rode away. As I neared home, my conscience was pricked. I wondered at which point I'd begun making my generosity conditional upon being thanked. Do I always do that? I resolved to be a little less hasty to judge next time. And I reflected further. It strikes me that often our generosity is conditional. We end up making our kind acts dependent on some kind of return. This is not a good place to be. So my prayer is that may we not tire of being generous in spirit and may our random acts of kindness be offered on credit, secure in the knowledge that God knows the heart. It's a sobering story. And don't get me wrong, this morning I'm not peddling the gospel of a work's salvation. I'm not saying we are saved by our works. What I'm saying this morning is that we are saved for them. We are not saved by our works. We are saved for our works. And Ephesians 2, verse 10, is the basis for this argument. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, i.e. the new creation that we are made into when we accept Christ as our Lord, when we accept Christ in our life. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, do not grow tired of doing good. Don't let it become a burden to you. Use the power that God has promised you as a believer, as we read in Galatians. God living in you by his Spirit. Use the fact that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus to energise you, to encourage you 
in your good works that I already know you are doing. Use that energy. Use that fact of being created new in Christ so that you don't grow weary of doing those things. And of course, I wouldn't be standing up here encouraging you if I didn't have a hefty slice of challenge for you this morning. And so my third Agathos story is more of a challenge. But I think you'll enjoy the challenge. It was October. The leaves had fallen off the trees. They were lying on the ground. I will go to Toad's house, said Frog. I will rake all of the leaves that have fallen on his lawn. Toad will be surprised. Frog took a rake out of the garden shed. Toad looked out of his window. These messy leaves had covered everything, said Toad. He took a rake out of the cupboard. I I will run over to Frog's house. I will rake all of his leaves. Frog will be pleased. Frog ran through the woods so that Toad would not see him. Toad ran through the high grass so that Frog would not see him. Frog came to Toad's house. He looked in the window. Good, said Frog. Toad is out. He will never know who raked his leaves. Toad got to Frog's house. He looked in the window. Oh, good, said Toad. Frog's not at home. He'll never guess who raked his leaves. Frog worked hard. He raked the leaves into a pile. Soon, Toad's lawn was clean. Frog picked up his rake and started home. Toad pushed and pulled on the rake. He raked the leaves into a pile. Soon there was not a single leaf in Frog's front garden. Toad took his rake and started home. A wind came. It blew across the land. The pile of leaves that Frog had raked for Toad blew everywhere. The pile of leaves that Toad had raked for Frog blew everywhere. When Frog got home, he said, Tomorrow I will clean up the leaves that are all over my own lawn. How surprised Toad must be. When Toad got home, he said, Tomorrow I'll get to work and break all of my own leaves. How surprised Frog must be. That night, Frog and Toad were both happy when they each turned out the lights and went to bed. My challenge for you this week is to find something, find a work of agathos, a work of doing good, that maybe, just maybe, no one except God will ever find out about. My dear brothers and sisters, let us not grow weary of doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers.
we're going to sing our final two songs together and I want to sing them as a way of encouraging us through the next week this morning we come to equip each other to encourage each other to do what we need to do through the rest of the week that God will fill our lives with praise for him in the first verse of this next hymn it says that my whole being may proclaim thy being and thy ways and then we'll the last song is, is come, now is the time to worship. And I believe, although we worship together on Sunday morning, when we step out of the church building, that's when the real work begins. That's where things really start during the week. So let's sing together and praise God. Abba. Our Holy Father, we, we do thank you, Father, and give you honour and glory and praise that, that you have indeed called us to be your children. We thank you that we can rejoice now and rejoice in the, the coming weeks with, with Sam. And we, we remember back to those times when we too answered that call. And we, we pray you'll help us to, as my brother Alex has reminded us this morning, to, to strive more earnestly with that, that first love to, to do good, that good which you called us to do. Not that that good gives us salvation, Father, for as Alex reminded us, it's, it's by grace only. And, but we know that this faith that we have has to drive us, Father. We have to, we have to live that faith, that spirit, which is yours, has to be alive within us and, and lead us to, to bring forth fruit, not for our own honour and glory and, and self-aggrandizement or, or pride or, or even pleasure, but just that that first nature, Father, that these things just happen naturally because. This is who we are. We are disciples of Christ trying to put these things into practice in our lives. So give us strength, Father, from your word. Give us strength through prayer, through your direct action in our lives to, to love one another in the way that you and the Lord Jesus Christ have loved us. And maybe, Father, the place that we need to start is with those people who we find it most difficult to love in our families or our ecclesia or our neighbours. Give us strength, and Father, we pray, to do these things not for our own sakes, but for yours. For yours is that kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.